Welcome to the Food Can Fix It podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Stixit. Today I'm joined by two activist chefs in the studio, Manal Alalam from Egypt and Anahita Dondi from India. The two have vastly different backgrounds, but they're united in a common passion for spreading knowledge about their traditional cuisine, championing women's participation in the culinary industry, and doing their bit to help us reach the sustainable development goals. Manal and Anahita came to the Eat Stockholm Food Forum as representatives of the Chefs Network, a global network of chefs we're working to deliver a better food system for all. The network has produced a chef's manifesto, which spells out how chefs can contribute to the SDGs. Manal Lalalam and Anahita Dondi, welcome to Food Can Fix It. Your network just launched the chef's manifesto here in Stockholm. Anahita, how is this going to help chefs make a difference? Um, so thank you for having us here first. I think it's it's like this amazing global opportunity for all of us to come here together, like-minded people discussing things, very important issues. Um, most importantly, I think um, I believe in the Chef's Manifesto personally because we never really had something like this. We come together with an unbranded, absolutely pure Chefs for Chefs forum where we can discuss things very relevant. We can, um, when I when I talk food, the other person understands because we've got, it's just not uh, the farmer, it's just not the customer, it's your employees in the restaurant, it's your costing, it's a high stress job being a chef. And I think only a chef can understand that and we want to do everything good, we want to be sustainable, we want to put in, um, you know, everything we've got, but it's difficult. And I think having everyone on the same page, discussing that, coming up with solutions, it's 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 such a great feeling because you feel like you've got people around all over the world um, doing things, having ideas, and you can share that. So I think that's what the Chef's Manifesto is. And uh, with the UN goals, with the global goals, we've aligned ourselves and everyone is working towards the different uh, goals. So that's what the Chef's Network is about. It's an, yeah. and the Chef's Manifesto. And it's uh, maybe it's different uh, concept for chefs. Usually we cook always. I gather with many activities all over the world, cooking, exhibition, cooking, festival. But we never discuss the, the like uh, targets. We never discuss uh, uh, how to care about world, how to care about people, how to care about food. So this is a really good chance for us. It's not just cooking. <laughs> it's not just cooking. And, and, and it's interesting because one doesn't necessarily think, they, see, they can seem so far, far, they can seem so remote, the sustainable development goals. What is it that makes a chef feel that this is important for them and that they can contribute? What was it that brought this on your radar that you wanted to get involved and that you wanted to do your share as a chef towards the sustainable development goals? I think we have to show the information. Most of the people, they don't know what is behind. When you see the plate on your table, you don't know how all the process to we got to get this plate. So we need to show more information. And I believe people are ready to, to hear about and to read and to act. I always believe that a human is they having a really nice heart and they 
they want us just to give them a hand and everybody will help. Everybody will really support. Absolutely. So I think um, I agree with her on so many levels. I feel like the knowledge, the education is is lost. And what's happening is everyone is just running behind pretty looking food or you know large portions but we're not in, we're not understanding the impact that it's creating in this world it's not just about us and that plate of food it's about us that plate of the food in the entire world and every process that's involved and i just feel um especially from the countries that we come from um Can you let us know which countries you come from yes which so i come from, from india and uh, from Egypt and Jordan mm-hmm. and the Middle East. <laughs> Middle so, East yes. Yeah. So I think, you know, from the countries that we come from, um, we've had um, a lot of tradition of women cooking, uh, peop- people being involved in the kitchen and for many, many years. And that tradition is still still alive and we do that. And I feel if those people, the the leaders of the family, the leaders of the kitchen, it could be a man or a woman, and if they are responsible and they have that knowledge and if it's educated, you know, in schools and colleges, I think we can create the better world and we can bring about that change. And it's it's just such a it's it's a feeling where you feel empowered to know. And when you know what you're doing and when you know, for example, if you've got leftovers, don't throw that away. Use it for breakfast or use it for lunch or pack tiffin. Don't use plastic, use paper. In India we even though we've got plastic but small street vendors still would package your fruit in newspaper and you know that feeling is amazing because you're actually stopping plastic you're using cloth bags but we're doing something that we used to anyway do so many years back and it's just that globalizations brought about advancements but I think we've misused it and we need to look back we need to look inwards we need to see what our grandmothers ate and I, I know this can happen. We just have to be the drivers of change and we need everyone on board. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, in a lot of ways, you are sort of a connector in, 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 in bringing uh, your, 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 the eating habits back to their cultural roots and, 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 and reminding people of what they, what they ate before and, and the diversity of, of the, the ingredients that they used to use and, and what they used to eat. Yeah, and uh, you know what's the most messages now we deliver that don't eat junk food, don't eat. Top. We have to make the opposite. What to do? What to eat? Not just don't do this. Give this. Make this. Cook this. Change this. Uh, I think this is what is missing. Mm. That's the thing is that we'll be, we keep being told what we're not supposed to. Yeah. Don't eat meat. Don't eat dairy products. You yes. want to re- you reduce your, your 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 footprint, then you can't do it. In the end, and these are things that people like. People, like, I mean, I'm I'm half French. I get very upset when people tell me I can't eat cheese anymore. It's it's it's, it's taking something away that so you it's that that people have a very emotional relationship to as well. Food is, yes, is a big part of, of your identity and your culture. Yeah. So so how do you turn it into a positive message to get your to get people on board? What do you tell them? I believe. Um, as I told you, when you really talk to your heart and talk to uh, your brain, you will you understand. So you are not uh, uh, talking to emotion. Emotion is what give us like uh, old memories. We are living in old memories. But uh, if you bring the message for our brain, our brain will change. Will take another action and will understand more. 
So this is the information and how really it will transform the people just to give them a perfect information and data they will understand. When you tell me, for example, like how many bottles uh, are affecting the like the sea or the how how really we are, we are unable to find water, how many, for example, cow are dying for... If you give me numbers, my brain will understand. So I will support, I will understand, I will act. And I think she's speaking not only as a chef, I think she's speaking as a consumer, mm-hmm. as a family member. And, you know, it's just about bringing that change in your families. And just to give you a little bit of an example, um, as a female chef in India, and I, I truly don't like quoting male or female it's just chef for me it doesn't matter if you're male or female but um it's it is a male dominated industry and i think it has been for a very long time all around the world and uh, there are media companies there are interviews that i do and everyone keeps asking me what's your favorite dish or what do you want people to cook or you know what is it what, what is your message and i think um even though i've been exposed and i love sushi and i love asian food and i as any any person you know you would love junk food as well it's not that you wouldn't but i just say that you know eat in moderation i'm sure all our ancestors did the same let's not be greedy just because we've got the conveniences just because we've got the money and the power let's not do that and i always say i mean i'm saying it from my own you know from my own home country that my favorite dish is dal chawal just to explain to you it's lentils cooked with spices and rice and that with a little bit of yogurt and pickle beats any dish for me because it's a wholesome dish it's i can't even tell you how inexpensive it is but it's so nutritious and um currently we found out a lot more grains in india which are much cheaper use less of water and uh, they were ancient grains eaten by our ancestors and i just feel looking inwards um obviously using the platform that we have to tell more people to tell more consumers we can um you know convey that message that's and that's usually important because it's, it can't just be it can't just be affordable it has to be affordable it has to be accessible people have to have access mm. to and it and it has to be delicious and it has to be delicious, delicious. Yeah. otherwise yes. if it's not delicious <laughs> so that's the best it's not a solution yeah <laughs> and this is where chefs come in now what was it that brought you what was it that how did you become chefs in the first place was it this or was it just a love of food or was it just love of food i think it's always the love of food yes. because yeah. if you don't love it you can't be in this industry it's 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 a you need a lot of passion and, and you need to drive and giving it. i think you know yesterday yeah, when we were we having was a cooking, discussion yeah yesterday we were we we have to cook for like a it, it, what was the name 100 of it? Num- 100 people uh, no the place uh, yesterday we were the smakapasta smak. yes. i said okay we plan to cook one dish then after we finish i said no i want to cook more let's make a dessert let's make you know you want to give uh, this is what uh, i mean uh, and you still and feel chef, like this at yeah, home like do you, or do you do you come home from work and think oh actually i want to cook another dish mm-hmm. or is this oh yeah left work and i'm all i'm, I'm, I'm no done no no it. i want to give more yeah. you're, I a chef, give you're a chef <laughs> yeah, so it's before you leave yes. work before you leave for work you want to make something for the family because mm-hmm. ultimately your goal is 
when you see other people eating the joy on their faces <sighs> it's i can't tell you the i mean i, I think both of us uh, speak me, of the same thing <laughs> when they appreciate your food and they love it because you've actually put in so much love in in creating that dish it's not just like oh let's just do this and it's it's just done in 2 minutes it takes time it takes patience but it's it's good for the family it's nutritious and you know that and even if i come back home there are times that i come back home and my chef cook and i'm in my kitchen and you know um my husband's then we're just preparing a dish for ourselves even though i'm like late really late but <laughs> i know that one dish together that nutritious dish is going to keep us really happy yes, and that's the same can. thing with the family or with the restaurant and there's no other way that you can survive in this industry and i think i've seen it from my mother i've learned it from my mother i've seen her cook and i took that passion to culinary school and then to a restaurant called soda bottle opnawala and i keep my traditions and cuisine alive there has it been a, tr- a, a um an evolution in 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 how you cook have you gradually moved towards making your food more plant f- plant based or or making it more diverse has there been any any evolution or and speci- especially also compared to what you trained us and what you cook today i think there is a very huge changing i think uh, social media is doing big changing people like to learn more different dishes from all over the world more restaurants people are traveling more so a lot of uh, even uh, our traditional cook recipes and they, they are changing mm. they are <laughs> and Sorry. So I was just going to add on to that. Um coming from India, it was always I think we never really respected our food to make a restaurant out of it and I think a lot of Indian chefs even now um just feel that you know Indian food is supposed to be eaten at home and uh we don't have too many Indian restaurants doing regional Indian food and I mean I'm just touching upon this point every village in India we've got so many different cuisines it's so rich it's so rich in culture it's so rich in ingredients and flavor like the indian like if i don't eat indian food for a couple of days i crave it because of the spices and mm. you know hey. the so many layers mm. in indian mm. food and um i think what happened to me was i studied i went to london i went to le cordonnebleu and i i always wanted to do french cuisine and pastry it was pretty it was nice it was the in thing everyone was doing it and this was my point in london when i was eating um eating a dish that I'd made and I just looked at it and I was like this looks amazing but it's not as delicious. Yes. <laughs> and you know it was a turning point for me because I realized that there's so much goodness in our own cuisine which I think we were losing and I was like I'm a trained chef why am I not doing that and I went back home and I realized that it's parsi food uh, that's cooked at home we're only about 69,000 in India as the number out of like 1.3 billion. Uh-huh. So I was like I want to make sure that my cuisine stays alive. I want to do this and um a restaurant called Soda Bottle Opnawala is doing that. So we're trying to revive and keep alive the dying legacy of the Parsi Rani cafes. And that's the story and I think it's inspired a lot of people to make sure that Indian regional cuisine can go places. And do you think that it inspires people to to do it to do it at home as well or do they just come and they enjoy your meal at, at at your restaurant and they think oh that was lovely let's try to do that again sometime or do they actually they do go it at back? home they, they do. do it and even on my social media i am posting recipes, recipes and i actually also, yeah. yeah i mean she yeah, has a so beautiful they, setup to do it yeah, yeah. i just do it in my kitchen while i'm doing it i'm like okay i'm back home i'm just going to do this i'm going to mix this and i never realized that there are people 
out there who are dying to learn. They just want to know from you what's good and what's not. And when you get those kind of responses, for example, if I post a dish, oh, I just cooked this for dinner, share the recipe, tell us about it, how'd you do it, how'd you do So then you feel like, oh my God, there's so many people out there who want to know, who want to learn. And if we have the knowledge, let's share it with them. You said that in education is important. Is that, is that also something that you spend, you spend time on? One thing is, is educating the younger generation about, about the different of food course. ingredients. Is that yes. something that you're involved in? Yes, I have a center in Jordan. We teach uh, women, men, some of the men, mm. and the kids. Now uh, that is so. So so so. Anna, you said you said that uh, you, you don't like to say male and female, but but no. the, 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 you have said women, both of you, a couple of times yes. in this interview. Yeah. Why are women central to food and cooking and what you do? Maybe in our area, women is more. <laughs> yeah. So when we're talking about our countries. Women in, in India and uh, probably the Middle East, yes. they are cooking for the family. Yeah. They are the center of the kitchen. They're the center of cuisine. And I mean, I've always seen my mother And the shopping cook. also. And the shopping and, you know, getting the, the ingredients and, the ingredients and taking care of the yeah. children. And I feel um, we've seen that. They're actually the, the keepers of the cuisine. But we don't see that in kitchens. We don't see that in, in industrial kitchens. Because I think their duties are at home mm. and um, they're taking care of the family and that's what's been happening for so many years but that shift has happened that's sh that shift has actually like that change is happening now over the last 20 years 30 years i'm seeing that mm. my mom is an is an entrepreneur now and i'm so proud about oh, that oh really so she makes the masalas which we use in our kitchen she actually makes it herself And it's it's a proud feeling to see that change happening. And I'm sure she can also tell you, I see men cooking now. I see yes, men helping yes, now. Yes. And that change in India has been like the last 100 years. And it's actually happening. So there's a, there's a cultural shift that, that it's, it's not perceived as a, as a female activity. And it's not perceived as, uh, as a lack of a better word, uncool. It's actually yeah. perceived. But it's happening. Yes. I can't say it's... It's not a hundred percent. It's but really it's, a small there is, step. There is interest in this one. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a, a change in mentality over the years? I mean, um, you're young, but you still you, you've had a education yes, for a long there time. There is a change still, because yeah. you know, men in our area, men start to understand that cooking is not just a job for women. The and understanding the food and the 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 food culture they start to understand some of them they don't know if you ask the men but for respect that please go and buy for me parsley or buy for they don't know <laughs> but now it's improving so does this does this um in does this inspire how one thing is 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 how you you cook your food but in what ways does this uh preoccupation with sustainability and 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 diversity in eating in what way does that influence how you work you, you, you're active on social media you have a television program what what how does it how does it influence you in what in how you work and what you do and what you choose to do i think preparing uh, a menu a list for shopping uh, not wasting the food reusing the remaining or leftover food this is a very important Sharing food also in our culture, we like to share. Yeah. Maybe we cook for, uh, like our family, we have to send for neighbors, we have to share with friends. And uh, 
at work and the school like we like to sharing so we i for me i always advise my followers that to make use of every food they got Absolutely. every small bite so, even so i think um sustainability has to start at home and um we are important like we we do have an important message for everyone and as chefs but also as just human beings on this planet and um some of the talks today have been so inspirational and it also reminds me of the certain things that we do and i think we can do better which is for example when you're going shopping just you know take a a shopping bag don't let them give you it plastic uh at home for example if i get a gift at home the wrapping paper i won't throw that away i'd use the wrapping paper i reuse it or i'd wrap gifts in newspaper why should i waste the newspaper and i'm just saying i'm just giving you small examples mm-hmm, yeah. of not just food so sustainability can start at home and i think um each of us can do that and like uh she was saying that use re- reuse you know your food or for example if you're using lemon juice don't throw away the skins put the skins into a bottle put water and drink that water because that's better yeah, because yeah. you've got the nutrients from from the skin or um for example i'll give you another example if you've got fish bones after you've uh you know filleted yeah. the fish put that into your lemon tree or into your soil because it, the proteins from the fish bone actually are very good for your soil yes. so yes. there are, are yes, there are like 2 million things that you can do with everything that comes into your kitchen and reduce waste i remember waste. my mom when we used the zucchini is yeah we every week we have to eat this zucchini we empty and stuff with rice yeah we create many dishes from uh, the, the filling inside yeah. <laughs> so cucumber zucchini. seeds any seeds that are left you yes. can dry them any skins that are left you don't need a lab for it. you don't need a kitchen with so much equipment you can no, do everything in your kitchen you can reduce wastage in your own homes and you can do that in your own kitchens in your own restaurants in your own hotels and you're already sustainable you're already amazing and yes all of us can do uh, it we have a very nice case i want to mention in our area recently for a couple of years a lot of um, communities start to do this they create like a van you can call them anytime they come to your place after you finish your party or gathering they collect the extra food this is amazing and they are doing thousands and thousands of meal of it mm-hmm. they bring like uh, disposable bags and plates and they div- any if you have really huge food they just divide it like s- portions and pack it and give to the poor people or th- this is really working very very successful where is it they're doing this in the we f- you find it in egypt in jordan in uh, gulf oh, really? area it's doing well and is this initiatives by ngos or is it by governments or is it chefs no, no, no. Like, like, uh, like people people local people, local people, local people they are people doing are and do it's well. like uh, so volunteers is, sometimes if you yeah. have a wedding party you know in our weddings yeah, we are yeah. talking about <laughs> you have big weddings like <laughs> thousands and thousands, thousands of people yes. for weddings yeah and huge food quantities huge you know. So all lift over they you can call them and they come with their vans and they can this is amazing there is a there's a real awareness there about the the issue of food waste it's, it, it is on it's it the awareness because we've got so many people and yeah. we we don't want those people to go go home and go to sleep hungry mm. so i think it's very emotional and i think it's something that's attached to every one of us and i think if we do our 
we do our little bit, I think we can all just be happy and sustainable. Mm. So my last question, which we ask all our guests, and it's particularly, it's easier to ask it to you two, but when you invite, when you're off work, given that you love cooking, you'll do it anyway. When you are off work and you invite your nearest and dearest friends and family for a delicious, healthy and sustainable meal, what would you make? What would you prepare for them? Tabula. Mm. <laughs> Tabula from Manala. What about you, Anahita? Um, I think I would prepare a Parsi dish because a lot of people don't get to try that out. Uh, so it's it's simple uh, rice and lentils with uh, homemade tomato chutney. So it's called uh, dal chawal and patio, which is sweet and sour. Mm. Sounds absolutely delicious. And on that tasty note, we're going to say thank you very much to both of you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us because we're back next week with our guest Abigail Heron, the Global Head of Responsible Investment at Aviva Investors, to talk about how to put capital markets on a more sustainable footing and mobilize private finance to invest in the SDGs. In the studio with me today was producer Gustav Glomsetz. I'm Marianne Stixet, and you've been listening to the Food Can Fix It podcast produced by EAT.